0: Resilience can be one of the most critical parts of long, sustainable ministry. But how do we maintain a place and a posture of resilience in the midst of a lot of chaos? Today, we're going to talk about it. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official. This is a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, hope and even leadership wisdom, all centered around the Beatitudes and Celebrate Recovery principles that, that help us through the power of Jesus Christ to face our hurts, hang-ups, and habits so that we can walk in healing and freedom to ultimately live out the plan that Jesus died for us to live in our life. I'm a Grateful Believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. And my name is Rodney. I'm the Global Field Director with Celebrate Recovery. Hey, welcome. So good to have you uh, with us again today. Hey, just want to just give a, a thanks for how you're sharing this podcast and helping us reach more people and even given us a high rating. Imagine that. We're grateful for that, and it's given us more exposure, and we just want to reach more people, and this has given us another, another platform to do that, but so excited. Uh, you guys know this guy very well, and uh, he's joining me on this podcast, uh, Johnny Baker, Pastor Johnny Baker. He's a co-executive director of Celebrate Recovery, and, and uh, today we're going to have a great conversation around resilience. Johnny, thanks for being with us, man.
1: Hey Rodney, thanks. I'm glad to be with you. I always love this time together.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, man, introduce yourself and then we'll we'll jump into a, a conversation here.
1: You bet. My name is Johnny. I'm a grateful believer. I struggle with alcoholism and codependency, and uh, man, it's just glad to glad to be with everybody.
0: Yeah, I know our listeners love hearing from you, man, and you always bring a lot of wisdom, good good nuggets. Well, Johnny, you and I have talked offline. I know when we were at a conference recently in the green room, we were talking about this in between uh, sessions, but this this topic of resilience, and I know that's something you've been diving into pretty heavy in your personal walk, but uh, we just been talking about the the importance around this topic and, and building resilience in ministry as leaders. But, Johnny, why is why is resilience critical uh, for a sustainable ministry?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is you know we look at resilience. I think a, a word that we often use for that is like grit or, you know, toughness. And I think that that's a a part of what it means to be resilient. But that always seems like it's more based on me or maybe my personality type. Am I a gritty person? Am I a finisher? Am I somebody who, you know, works hard and all those things? Or am I somebody who's a little bit more laid back? Resilience to me is the Holy Spirit's indwelling that Mm. keeps us going when things get hard. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, um, we are we're all coming out of a traumatic event with the pandemic mm. and there's none of us were untouched by the pandemic even even people in places that didn't shut down didn't do very much the the rest of the world did and there was you know some some feelings around you know every every community and we're coming out of this now and i don't know about you rodney but i don't feel like i've got the energy that i had
0: before <laughs> it's so true.
1: and and i don't I don't feel like I've got the, the stamina that I had before. And so something, you know, a normal day around two or three o'clock, I'm like, Ooh, I'm ready to go, you know? Mm. And, and, and I think that, um, if we're going to last in ministry and I and really, that's what I think this is all about. Why is resilience so important? Because ministry isn't about you and it's not about me, mm. right? We're leaders. We're helping people along this, but that's not for me. Yeah. It's not for you. We we're in this to serve other people? Well, what happens if we burn out? Mm. What happens if we flame out, right? If we don't take care of ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for a fall. And if a newcomer comes to Celebrate Recovery, and let's say they struggle with an, an addiction issue, and they come for the first time, and next week they go, "Yeah, man, I relapsed." You're like, "Yeah, I mean, I kind of expect that, right?" A newcomer who's brand new, has never experienced recovery before, you're very gracious with because the, you know, maybe the closest people to them are disappointed, but the rest of us kind of know that it ta- it sometimes takes a little while to get started. If you've been around for a year, a year and a half, two, and you relapse, well, now all of a sudden. It's a, it's got more weight behind it because, oh man, you've been doing so good. And I'm not saying shame. Mm. I'm not saying that we would put shame on you. I'm just saying that it can It can hurt other people around you. Well, or you and I are two of the leaders of the global part of Celebrate Recovery. If you and I were to relapse, it could cause people to say, well, man, if the guys who are leading this thing can't stay together, right. what's the hope for the rest of us? Yeah. Now that's not actually true because we're just two screwed up people. And so, <laughs> you know, our recovery is not the, the model for everyone else. But it would be, I could see how someone would put that thought in order. Yep. But really, I want to finish well. Hmm. I, I wanna be like Paul and say, I've run the race, I've fought the fight. I want to be able to, on, on when it's my time to go, I want to feel like I didn't leave anything on the table. I worked hard and and not even I worked hard, but I did well. Mm. And so, but in order to do that, we've got to figure out how to be resilient in leadership.
0: Yeah. It's that, you know, we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there is, I love how, how you said that, 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 our resilience, you know, has an impact and there is a lot of work to be done that, you know, the, don't let us grow weary in doing good, you know, because there is a lot of work that there, the harvest is here, right? We, we talked about that. It feels like we're almost kind of in this, this wave of something big happening and celebrate recovery being a part of that. We're seeing too many doors open and, and God's doing some amazing things, but yeah, the... let
1: me let me say something about that Ronnie cuz I think sometimes I this is a brand new thing for me so I'm going to be working it out with you and everybody listening right now. But I hear you know let us not get tired of doing good and I hear you know Paul talking telling us about bearing fruit and I hear James talk about deeds going along with faith. And a lot of times that feels like a holy finger waving, right? Mm. Like somebody's wagging their finger at me saying you better do good, you better bear fruit, you better work hard. That's just not the God that I know. And so real recently, I've been reading Colossians, and Colossians is a rich book. I love some of Paul's letters because they're short, and so I can read them in a sitting, you know? Uh, And so— I, what I've done recently is when I sit down with one of the epistles, I just read it from, from the first chapter to the last chapter, because it's four or five chapters, right? And I put, I'm put i trying to put myself in that position as somebody who's in one of those churches that Paul sent a letter to. I, I doubt they went, let's read a quarter of it, let's read a fourth of it now, and we'll put it away, and then tomorrow we'll come back to it. They probably said, read it again, read it again, read it again, you know, and, and it, because it was that important to them. Wow. Well, Colossians, it says that we should have a life that, that reflects— the change that Jesus has made us, that we should bear fruit, that actually fruit is the proof Mm. of Jesus' work in us. Now, sometimes I can read that and I can feel ashamed or I can feel burdened like, oh man, I got to be bearing fruit. What if we did this? What if we turn it from a, I have to, to why would I not want to? Mm. What part of that seems like a burden? What part of that, that's what I want my life to be. I want my life to be bearing fruit and and showing Jesus all the time, and and so instead of going, oh gosh, I got to be doing it. What if we said, God, help me do that? That's <laughs> yeah. what I want. I, I want I want to be reflecting You. If we're image bearers, let me let the image be something good, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just sometimes I think sometimes we can say those things, and there's a certain part of the and I wonder if it's a personality thing or or whatever, but. A certain group of people that I'm one of can hear that and go, "Oh man, it's a, I feel bad because I'm not doing these things." Yeah. The Bible tells us that God sees us as holy. I I, I could not disagree more about my holiness. <laughs> but the great thing is that it doesn't matter what I see about myself. God chooses to see me that way. Mm. And it was it made me think about my kids. I was just thinking about this the other day. I I see my son as an amazing basketball player hmm. to me, he's the best basketball player on the court. A, a scout might look at him and go, yeah, he's good. <laughs> or somebody might look at him else and go, I don't know. Right. But to me, he's the best basketball player on the court. Yeah. Cause he's my kid. Right. I, I, I already see him as the best. And so, to think of ourselves in that light to me actually builds a ton of resilience Mm. because instead of this idea of I've got to earn God's approval and I've got to earn God's love, he already does it. So now this becomes a joy instead of a burden to serve.
0: Mm. I love that. Yeah. And yeah. and, And what's cool is, you know, because of what Christ did on the cross, you know, that's where that power comes from to be able to say that even right. That, that, that identity, that security, that strength. Um, so I love that. I love that lens. It's just, how do I see myself? Do I even a fraction of, of how God sees me is huge, you know, but, but do I see myself the way my father sees me? That's a big shift.
1: I, it changes everything. It changes everything. Most of us don't have a huge you know view of ourselves. Most of us think of ourselves a Uh, You know, it's so funny because when we hear Jesus say, love your neighbor as yourself, we're tempted to say, you love yourself a lot, so love your neighbors as much as you love you. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of people, myself included, who we don't have the highest opinion of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when we can, but I do love my neighbors. Ronnie, I don't know about you, but do you have that like dialogue that runs in your head, that monologue all day long, kind (laughs) of like that runs in your head? For me, mine, when it's to me, is very rarely saying very nice things. Yeah. My internal monologue is mostly saying things that I would never say to my worst enemy. I would never say to somebody that I wanted to motivate or or whatever, but it's what I say to myself all the time. Mm. But if I can stop and go, man, I am a child of the King. I think of Hosanna Wong, her poem about I have a new name. Mm. What a powerful thing that is that I see myself this way and God's like, that's not how I see you. I see you as more than a conqueror. I see you as this perfect, holy, loved by me, son or daughter of the king. And it's like, that changes everything. It Mm -hmm. changes everything. And I'm sitting here going, I've been a Christian a long time. Mm -hmm. And this is a new realization for me. And some of our listeners are like, you're such a dummy. Like, that's the key component (laughs) of what Jesus did for me. But I got to tell you, for me, as somebody who is really harsh critic of himself, to stop and go... It doesn't really matter what I think of myself it's what Jesus thinks of me it's what God thinks of me right. and he's given me the power of the holy spirit inside me to help me it changes everything yeah now now it's not oh i got to go do this it's like i get to do it. it's just a it's just this amazing part of the that i think if we can begin to see ourselves in that light it will help us stick through and not get tired of doing good because I'm not earning God's love. I've got it already. So let's go, let's do some stuff. Let's bring some people into the fold and tell them the same thing. That's why it's called good news.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just practically then what does, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't mean that because that lens changed that, that now we have resilience, that, that life is easy. Ministry is easy. Um, you know how does that take us into, and how does how do challenges grow that resilience?
1: It's funny because Peter talks about finding joy in suffering because we get to share in Christ's suffering, and I do think one thing that we as a culture have done, at least here in America, is we don't want to suffer, mm-hmm. we don't want to suffer, and and like suffer is even we don't want to be uncomfortable, yeah. right? We don't want to wait. I am. I am. If I order something on Amazon and it's not prime, it's not going to get here tomorrow. Like, (laughs) I can't believe I got to wait. Right. We want, we want that (laughs) suffering, but but we're not good at that. Right. But the reality of it is, is the Bible tells us over and over again, we're going to, we're going to have hard times. And so when we read the new Testament, we, we see things like have joy in your suffering. Thank God for your suffering and for your trials. And, and, you know, there's even, um, a section of scripture that says, God himself will restore you. God himself will restore you to strength after you've suffered these trials for just a little while. And so I think what it, what it, you're right, because just seeing ourselves that way doesn't really help. We've got to do some stuff to mm-hmm. build resilience, sort of like going to the gym to get stronger. Mm-hmm. Your first day in the gym, you can't bench press a ton of weight. You know, it's going to take you some time to get stronger. And I think building resilience can be the same thing. There are a couple of things that I've been doing that I do feel like have helped me. Um, and one of them, and again, hey, Johnny, thanks for Christianity 101, but it's prayer. Mm. Prayer has become an essential part of my day. And I'll tell you, I've been, like I said, I've been a Christian a long time. I've been a pastor for a long time. I can pray like this a lot. Hey, God, um, bless this food. <laughs> be with my family, right? But it's sort of like an afterthought, or I'm really guilty of making a plan and then going, hey, God, would you bless that plan I just made, mm. instead of trying to seek God's will first. Mm. And the last thing I'll say is when I pray, I do all the talking and I do very little listening. And so one thing I've done, and this is really new on it. So if you see me at a one day conference or at the summit or just out in the world, you can ask me how I'm doing about it. But I've set a timer for myself to pray three times a day. Um, And it's not in a, you know, I got to stop and face east or do anything like that. But it's just a reminder to stop and just pray um, and and it really you know right before just a little bit before we got on this call my alarm went off and i said pray and so i just stopped i'm here i'm here in my office i just stopped and and i just prayed for a few minutes <laughs> and the great thing is is that it's it's this muscle of praying this habit of praying is being built so kind of when my alarm goes off i'm like oh yeah i guess i'll i guess i'll keep praying but i've been praying more and more as the day goes on and I read this prayer somewhere, it's a really simple prayer, and it's it's something that I repeat, and I've probably prayed it a thousand times in a month, um, and I don't mean that as like a pastoral exaggeration. <laughs> it's this very simple prayer of, Jesus, I give you everything and everyone. Mm. And then I'll repeat it, I give you everything and everyone, mm. including this. Including whatever that thing is. I try not to let it turn into a laundry list of all these different things. And this isn't my own thought. I, I got this from a man named John Eldridge, who, I, you know, who's got lots of books and things like that. I want to give credit where credit's due. But that's been something that is just, it sometimes just starts my prayers. And sometimes that's my whole prayer. Yeah. Right. If I'm, if I'm stressed about something, uh, something comes across my desk or I have to have a tough conversation or I'm worried about one of my kids I'll, I'll, in the middle of that my heart rate going up and my stress going up, I'll just go, God, I give you everything and everyone. And I've added and help me do it again when I take them back. Mm. But that prayer kind of helps me remember that no matter what it is that I'm going through right now, we're tempted to think this is what life is always going to be like, but Mm. it's not this too shall pass. And so that's been a thing that's really added to my resilience is this constant connection with God that it's sort of just like amen doesn't mean goodbye. It means oh, hang on, I gotta go do some other stuff <laughs> right And so, um so I so to me, that's one way that I've been trying wow. to add resilience
0: to my life. That's good, man. Well, I want to take a quick break, Johnny, and then we come back. I'd love to kind of look practically at maybe just. What are some of the other ways, emotional resilience, relational resilience, even mental resilience, what that looks like as you connect that with the spiritual resilience, but uh, uh, having a good conversation with the co-executive director of Celebrate Recovery, Pastor Johnny Baker. Uh, We're going to take a a quick break right here. Uh, When we come back, we'll continue the great conversation. Stick with us. We'll be right back. you've started by establishing a foundation through the seven keys, a proven and effective seven keys of Celebrate Recovery. Now, maybe you're ready to do the building on that foundation through the advanced training, whether you're in, in the starting stages or you've been in it a while. We've got a track for you online, seven keys training and in-person advanced training. Go to crconferences.com for more information. Invest in you and your team. Welcome back, talking with uh, Pastor Johnny Baker, the Co-Executive Director of Celebrate Recovery. And we're talking about resilience. And, and Johnny, right before we went to the break, uh, you were giving us some great uh, spiritual resilience, things that you're doing to keep uh, resilient in ministry. I'd love to, uh, before we get to the emotional and relational, mental, uh, how how we can, some practical ways we can build resilience there and what that looks like. I'm curious, um, is there something that, you know, as you've walked through, you know, from past struggles, I'm just curious, some of those past struggles that you walked through while being in ministry, you've been in ministry a while, that now you look back and you say, man, having worked through that, that was a part of building that resilience in my life.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. I so I'll tell you a funny story. This just happened this weekend. I was hosting a church, which means I was sort of the guy who did his announcements before and after the message. And I was sitting and talking with another pastor in the green room. And we we're I, I can gesticulate with my hands a lot when I talk. And I had a cup of green tea, and I spilled it all over my shirt. <laughs> and uh, I live about with hitting all the right lights about five minutes from door to door. And so I jumped up and I said. I got to get another shirt. And I ran to my car. I back out of my spot. As I'm leaving my spot, someone pulls into my spot, right? Because it's that weird time of church. And I went, I'm not going to make it. And if I had waited 10 seconds, I'd have thought of, I had a jacket. I could have put a jacket on. (laughs) I could have asked the baptism team for a t-shirt. I could have said, hey, if you want to get baptized. There's a hundred things I could have (laughs) done. But I panicked and I got, and I missed it. I missed it. The guy was talking to the group green room had to go up and do it. So that's a silly example. But I do think that the the, you know, message is that there's so many times we see things and we go, this is a catastrophe. Mm. This is the end of my ministry. This is the end of this relationship. This is the end of this thing that I prayed for for so long. And if we just took a breath and said, what is this really? This is a spilled shirt. This is a a weird text I got. This is a big deal, right? This might be something that's really huge. And so I think that, you know, looking back, I, I've been in ministry for 18 years in full time ministry. And I can't I can't count the number of times that something has happened mm-hmm. that has that later on you come back and you go, that's a lesson that I need. To learn that it, it and i think too we talk about this a lot on our team right rodney is that we call everything an experiment <laughs> yeah. because experiments are met are allowed to fail yeah. and then it's the experiment that failed not us and you and i are both pretty hard on ourselves right not on each other but on ourselves that if an idea i have doesn't work i can think of myself as a failure hmm. but really maybe it just wasn't the right time and so if if ever if we take every loss as a personal loss then that's going to burn us out really quickly. Yeah. If we take every loss as a lesson that we go, it's not that that didn't fail. It's just that I didn't fail. That was the wrong timing, you know? And so for me, those are the things that I can think of that really help me build up that resilience over time where you can stop and go, I know this feels like a big loss, but it's a hiccup. Yeah. We're going to get through it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it it makes me think on the relational side, you know, just and and just recently I had to have a really hard, honest conversation with one of my leaders and and if you know, I was one of those afterward through the night kind of my mind just could not stop. And literally in the night I had to pray, you know, God, I'm giving this to you, I'll deal with this tomorrow. I help me not mm-hmm. to try to own this. But <laughs> but when I look back on those hard conversations, uh, first and foremost, um, sometimes this is why people don't have those conversations because they are hard and we try to avoid them. Uh, but but when we have those conversations and we see what God does through those, it builds some um, important resilience in, hey, I survived that and and I can have these interactions and even conflict with people close to me. And now I'm stronger for the next situation, right? It, it builds that that resilience when we, with courage, invite Christ into that, and that's a big component. What you were talking about earlier,
1: yeah. When it comes to those things, you you and I are so like in this. Neither one of us is like, I will do that confrontation. I'm excited to confront this person about this thing or whatever, you know. I'm I don't don't know many people who do love that part. I know people who are good at it. Um, And I think one of the things that I am trying to learn is that the longer you let something go with a leader or with a friend or with some, the worse it's gonna get. And avoiding that hard conversation feels like it's making things easier, but most of the time it's making things worse because you're just avoiding it. And so I would say a key part of resilience in every area is admitting what's truly happening. If it's, it sounds a lot like principle one, right? But you have to admit that I'm not feeling well. I have to admit that I'm tired. I have to admit that this is a problem and that, that, that this, uh, action or attitude or something that's happening with this leader needs to be addressed. Yeah. And, and I think too, we often as leaders, we can often say, well, I have to do this for the safety of everybody else. That's the only reason I'm doing it because it has to be safe. And that's a reason, yeah. but it's also going to be better for that person If we can, with truth and love, have the hard conversation. And I think even saying, hey, buddy, this is a hard conversation for me to have. I don't want to talk to you about this stuff. (laughs) But I got it. Because not just because I got to keep the group safe, but because I want what's best for you. And again, coming into that hard conversation, if we're not loading the shame weapon and saying, you did the wrong thing and you should be but. I want what's best for you. This isn't your best, yeah. And this is what I want for the ministry and all those things. I'm with you. I'd stay up all night thinking about it too. I, I you know, I if I got a text later on from that person and there was not a period or there's an ex, there's a period instead of exclamation mark, I'm <laughs> I'm freaking out about it. So I'm not saying it's easy, yeah. But I do know too. The longer you're in relationship with one another, the easier those difficult conversations get. Mm-hmm. So if you and I. If I said something to you that hurt you, or if you said something to me that hurt me, we've been friends long enough that we just go, Hey, Hey man, that hurt. Yeah. Right. Or, or, Hey, did I just hurt you? Cause I good? didn't mean to what yeah. I saw yeah. your face. What, what, did I, what, what just happened? Right. And leaning into those moments, even if let's say that happened, you're like, yeah, dude, you just, you were really insensitive to something I just told you about, hmm. but man, as your friend, I want to know that and I want to go through that. And that is going to deepen our relationship and it's going to make that that relationship more resilient. And I think another way to make, to have some relational resilience is try to have fun with people. Yeah. I think we undervalue how important laughter is and fun and, and, you know, recreation and those things. You know, one thing I love about our team is that we spend too much time laughing (laughs) and somebody around the table is going to go, Hey guys, we got to get to work. (laughs) But that fun is it helps take the seriousness out of everything. You know, we have a value here at Saddleback Church that we say we take God seriously, but we do not take ourselves seriously. And so humor is a value of ours. Hmm. And I would just say that that builds re- emotional resilience as well that if everything you do with someone is hard well sort of you'll get conditioned like i don't want i, I don't want to see, I see Rodney and I and that's going to be hard right i don't want to yeah. do this like that's a that's a you know we call them egrs extra grace yeah. required people here of <laughs> but if you can have some fun and some levity and some you know that kind of stuff that actually helps build resilience as well
0: yeah well, it made me think when you're talking, you know, those hard conversations and part of what made that conversation hard was the one I was sharing with took it really hard and the yeah. emotions were there. And so my heart was bleeding a little bit for them, but, but this made me reflect on, you know, how grateful I am for courageous leaders who spoke into me, not shaming me, but saying, Hey, I see, I see potential in you and and I need to, I care about you too much not to say this, but but it made me think on the relational resilience we're building by having those hard conversations, um, are we processing the emotional stuff? And I loved uh, your journal. And I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I loved you were kind of pointing out kind of the, the process you do in your journal, just, Hey, here's some things I want to do today and kind of checking those things off. And it kind of, kind of feeds that emotional, physical, um, you know, spiritual, but, but, um, just kind of being mindful of what do I need to do to take care of myself today so that I can stay resilient in all these categories. I don't know if you want to talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah, sure. There's going to be some people who are going to think this is real woo woo, but I don't think it is. I think this is, <laughs> you know, because I've, I've, it's steeped in Jesus. With everything. I thought that it was I cool. Do. I thought it was cool. Yeah, but the first thing I do is I write down two things I'm grateful for. So that's, you know, standard gratitude journal stuff. I write down things that I'm grateful for. Um, and I try not to write the same thing two days in a row. So I try not to say I'm grateful for my family and I'm grateful for health. Right. I could write that every day, but I try to write something different. Every day that I'm grateful for. And then I just thank God for those things, right? Instead of just, I'm really thankful for it. I go, God, thank you for that. Thank you for those two things. And then the space underneath that, I write what my intentions for the day are. So what do I want today to be? Right? So I'll say, I want to be present. I want to be with the people I'm with. I don't want to be checking my phone. I don't want to be checking the clock. I want, I don't want to be looking for the next thing. that. No. Nothing hurts me more. Well, I mean, lots of things hurt me more than this, but what something that I really don't like, let me put it that way, is when I'm in conversation with somebody face to face and I see them scanning the room for somebody else to talk to. Mm. And I get that same feeling when somebody's phone buzzes and they keep checking it. Now I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anybody else, but I, I, I might put like, I want to be present at lunch with whoever I'm going to be at lunch with today, if I've got that on my calendar. So I'm going to put my phone away and I'm going to, or put it on do not disturb or whatever. So I can be present Um, or an attention might be, I want to have fun today. Yeah, And I'm going through a really, really hard pressing time. We had a lot of deadlines and there's stuff that's got to happen. So I want to take a minute to laugh. And you know, we do call this ministry celebrate recovery for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. We want to celebrate what God's doing. At the very bottom, and I got this from Craig Rochelle, is that I write, Uh, basically like I am. So I do sentences. I write two of them. So I'll write like, I am a good dad because Mm. I want to be a good dad. Like that is one of the most important things to me is, is my family. You know, it goes God, then family. So I'll say, I'm a good dad. Not, I want to be a good dad. Not, I could be, but I, I claim it. I am a good dad. And then what I'll do is I find somebody who is a good dad and I'll write down something that I see them doing. Mm. And so I'll say, I'm going to do that. So I'll say, I'm a good dad. I'm a good dad because I play with my kids when I get home. Now I got teenagers, they don't want to play with me anymore, but I might write down because I listen to my kids or I, I talk to them when I pick them up from school. Um, I'm a good leader, right? So I don't you you know me pretty well, Rodney. I don't often say I'm a I'm a good leader, right? I, <laughs> I think one of my biggest fears is that I'm not going to lead this ministry well. So I'll say I'm a good leader and I'll say I listen to the advice from the people on my team. Mm. Or I listen to feedback from people. And so what that does for me, so it sets up the day. So I'm grateful already for things that are happening. I know how I want to be in the day. And then I've kind of gave myself a pep talk. You're a good dad. You're a good leader. Here's why. Because when you pick up Chloe from school in a little bit, You're gonna make her talk to you. She's not gonna want to talk to you, but you're gonna keep (laughs) asking her questions and you're gonna listen to her. And then after a while, you're gonna go, "All right, I'll let you off the hook." But (laughs) but you're gonna set up the fact that you're somebody she can talk to. You're a good leader, Johnny. And here's how I know you're a good leader: because you're gonna have a meeting with Rodney and Mac and Cheryl, Luke in a half an hour, and you're gonna take their advice and you're gonna listen and seek their wisdom. You're not gonna say, "This is how it's gonna be." You're gonna say, "This is what I think. What do you guys think?" Mm. And then you'll make a decision. So it just helps me. Um, instead of coming at it from a negative view of myself, it just helps me have a more positive view. And then that helps me build resilience because now instead of, again, it goes back to who do I see myself as? If I see myself as a loser, a terrible dad, I don't have anything to be grateful for. I'm always blowing people off and making them feel like, well, then I'm going to lead that way. I'm going to love that way. But if I think of myself as somebody who loves people well, I'm so thankful for the gifts God's given me. And I want to be right here right now while we're talking I'm gonna be, yeah. and so it just helps. It helps me get get me in the right frame of mind.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, and even just when you were talking about that gratitude list, one of the things I've been trying to be intentional, which feeds the relational and emotional, probably the mental as well, is is trying to be very specific um, with with the gratitude. You know, we can be specific. It's important to be specific with what happened and how did that make me feel. But then on the negative side, but on the on the positive side is like, I'm thankful for my wife because she blah, 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 you know, get very specific um, so that being specific helps that vulnerability emotionally, mentally, relationally. And then can I share that with that person that that um, that's
1: just I was just, <laughs> just going to say that I was going to say. And if you can say this to Carol later on, here's what I'm so thankful for you. Yep. Here's one of the things I'm thankful for. Yeah. Man, what a gift that is. And then it's, I was, I was thinking of you today and I wrote down in my journal how thankful, how thankful I am for you. Not because you're pretty, not because you cook well, not because you do this, but you're so kind or whatever the thing is, or because you are pretty and you cook well, whatever. (laughs) But those things, those things can really encourage other people and, and help them as well. Yep. And I think you're right. I think one of the things we have to do is we have to be real about where we're at. Yeah. This isn't about being Pollyanna, pretending everything is okay. Right, right, This is about saying, God, I believe that the word that you've given us is true, which means in the end of things, we win. Yeah. And in the middle of things, I'm forgiven. I've got your power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within me. And I don't need to worry because you're in control of everything. Yeah. And so those things can really just now it's not on me. It's not on my shoulders. This is God's got this. He's using me to do this. But if he opens a door, that door isn't getting shut. If he shuts a door, that isn't getting open, you know? And so I think it helps kind of take that stress and say, no, God's got this. And so I can be thankful about things.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I think it's important to note, too, and I've talked to my team on this, that you know, sometimes we, we look at self care as avoid anything that hurts and stay, you know, if I'm feeling this, then just get away from it. I think we need to, sometimes there is, I need to get away from that for self care, but sometimes we need to distinguish between self care and an opportunity to grow and mature. You know, is this, is this a growing opportunity and am I safe? You know, I need to evaluate that. And if it is, if I am safe and it's just hard, Maybe this is an opportunity God is using to grow me and build even deeper resilience.
1: I mean, look at the fourth step, right? Nobody would say that that's an easy thing to do, Yeah. but what freedom comes from taking that moral inventory. Yeah. Very few of us are like, Oh, I'm finishing step three. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to get step four. I'm going to dig in and take, even if you've done it a number of times, it's right. still painful, but that, Asking God into that space, praying that Psalm of the psalmist, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's anything in me that makes you sad and lead me on the path of everlasting life. That could be a painful thing to do, but it can be just like that hard conversation you had with somebody can be a painful thing. That can be the very thing that needs to happen so that healing can happen. Yeah, And I, I think you're right. We could look at, and, and I think you're right. Sometimes self-care means... I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to go whatever yeah. it is. And I'm not going to think about these things, knowing that when I get back from that movie or from that <laughs> walk, it's going to be there, right. right? So if I want to take a break, great, yeah. but it's still going to be there. Yeah. And Megan, who's our, our ministry leader here at uh, Saddleback at Lake Forest, she always reminds me and says to me, Johnny, clear is kind, right? So if she feels that I'm hemming and hawing around trying to give her a direction or something, she'll go clear as kind, just tell me what it is that you want. <laughs> or if we're trying to figure out how we're going to express something clear as kind. And yep. I think that that's, that's the kind of thing that this thing might be the hard thing to do, but it might be the kindest thing to do. Right. This thing might be the going to a counselor and sitting with somebody and burying your soul is not easy, right? but it can be one of the most freeing things possible. Going to a group and Rodney, this is one thing that you say. When I hear someone say, I've never said this before, mm-hmm. or I've never told anybody this before, right. lean in. Because yep. that person's about to say something. That freedom is coming on the other side of that sentence. Yep. That takes courage. That's not easy. Yeah. But man, that feeling when you do afterwards, I just like the... <sighs> <laughs> that sigh of relief and how good it feels. And so I think you're right. Like sometimes self-care can be, I got to do the hardest thing God's asking me to do. So I don't have to carry this burden with me anymore. I can finally lay it down and now I'm free.
0: Yeah. And it's a major resilience builder in our life. Good stuff. Well, we're speaking of resilience. I just want to mention, it made me think, you know, this year's summit, the theme is built to last. And so we're going to have this kind of, Uh, lens which could speak to a newcomer or a leader which I love about the summit it's for any and all people whether you're a leader or not and we're going to be unpacking that I'm excited about that so well, this time, zip by fast, Johnny. <laughs>
1: always does. I know, does. I know, man. I I Hopefully people listening feel the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah, no kidding, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah, they're probably on a treadmill, you know, just like, get this over with. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, man, thanks for, for your heart and your wisdom. I always get a lot out of our conversations, man.
1: I love it. I yeah. love
0: it. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for all that uh, are joining us uh, here today, and, and, and I hope this has been beneficial for you. If it has, uh, please do us a favor and share this and give us a high rating so that we can reach more people. But if you're in a place, maybe you're just getting started or you're, you're in ministry, you're a leader or just a participant, uh, whatever wherever you are, this topic is for you because we all are in the business with Christ giving and leading the way of building resilience so that we can carry out the mission that he has for us, starting with our own family. But, hey, thanks for joining us. If you want to join a group and join this process called Celebrate Recovery, just go to celebraterecovery.com forward slash groups and find a group near you. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope that you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless.